0: Out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Woo! Why that? Silence it a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Dumped up. It. Pop pass up in the middle. Tucker's got, got, got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit! it in! Groundhorns oh. touchdown! The Bills make me wanna shout! Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It to the end zone! Stephon Diggs makes a catch! Touchdown, Buffalo! Swing into this! It is over!
1: ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, you. the heard. 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, ESPN app, seeing heard, and everything in between, ladies and gentlemen, at QSportsTalk.com, a magical website, uh, it's magic, we're not pulling rabbits out of hats or anything like that. We are bringing you a radio show that you can see, that you can watch, that you can interact with in a live chat. And did I mention you can watch a radio show? You can see my very colorful shirt that I'm wearing today. Uh, we were having a bit of a fashion discussion before the show. It's either me and my dad shirts or Paulie Sibilla. No matter what, you got to admire the dedication in some ways and in others you absolutely don't have to. In Paul, no matter what, Paulie's going to wear that San Diego Padres hat, and just be damned trying to match that hat with whatever shirt he's wearing. That's hard to match—brown and yellow. The Padres, brown and yellow. I mean, the dedication that Paulie shows to wear that hat with any shirt whatsoever is—it's—it's uh, it's admirable in some ways. It's—it's—it's kind of pathetic in others, right? But that's Paulie for you folks that's why we love them so uh fashion choices aside com is the place to go to watch the show to interact with the show in the live chat and get the show within the show where you can make comments about my fashion and my hair is growing back it's at the point where i can't really do anything it's kind of got a mind of its own but it's long enough again it's been a month since i shaved my head if you can believe that that's insane that was a month ago. Time flies when you're having fun, kids. I can't quite style it. I can't quite comb it. I can't. It just kind of does what it does. So, all these things happening and the high jinks and tomfoolery you would expect during commercial breaks. Because during radio breaks, the Q Sports Talk audience gets its own show, its own dedicated broadcast. So we just keep the mics on and keep yapping at you and see what happens. It's all at QSportsTalk.com. Uh, We have one guest we know of today. We may add another, so we'll keep the mystery guest a mystery if they do show up. But I do know our friend Nick Friedell is scheduled to join us from ESPN, and we're going to discuss the NBA playoffs, something I'm going to get into here shortly as well. Nick has been focusing on the heat celtics series. We'll certainly get in some thoughts on Dallas and Golden State. And frankly, the thoughts are that these NBA playoffs have been terrible. They have been terrible. As a matter of fact, and I don't want to be Mr. Hyperbole here, but it is certainly in the runnings. the worst NBA playoff I've ever seen, and I don't see it getting better either. It's like, well, maybe this particular series. but Oh, but once they get to the finals, look out. I don't see how that's going to happen either. So we'll talk to Nick about that, get his theory on that, talk about all things NBA, and great to catch up with the SU alum, passionate Syracuse Hoops fan, and all around great America, Nick Friedel Will join us, perhaps another guest. If uh, they show up, they show up. If they don't, they don't. Oh, it's a mystery. We shall find out. Uh, hot takes. We'll get into a former Crunch goalie who is now in the conversation as the greatest ever. Like he's knocking on that door again. I'm full of hyperbole today. In the minds of some, and in the others, you'll kind of see our case for it, and at the very least, be like, okay, you might have something there. The NFL is deciding what to do with the Pro Bowl, which you know that certainly spurs many creative ideas of what they can do with the Pro Bowl. And to me, the Pro Bowl is one of those things like just don't touch it. Just it doesn't matter what you do with the Pro Bowl, and I mean that in a positive way for the National Football League. I'll explain a little bit later on. Uh, speaking of Nick Firdell, he's coming on at five thirty-five. That's our usual uh, blindside area, so we'll just move up the blindside a little bit. I've got an interesting Syracuse football ranking as it is ranking, list, and magazine preview season in the world of college football. And there is a really interesting ranking with Syracuse football, which I, on the surface, on paper, digitally or otherwise, looks good, but does it really matter? It's going to matter in a certain way, but does it matter in another is how I'll frame that. So we'll discuss that. Later in the show, your calls are welcome at 437-7644. Your tweets are welcome at Brentax Media. And the live chat up and running for you to opine as much as you'd like. So, uh, yeah, as the tweet said, previewing this show, and I'll just kind of reiterate it here, I don't want to be the old man yelling at the cloud here. But, man, the NBA playoffs are terrible. They're They're just terrible. Like, I can try and put some lipstick on the pig and play this music and be like, "The NBA, it sucks." And maybe that, like, you're hyped up, like, "Oh yeah, let's go!" Yeah, Bob Costas coming in and welcome to the NBA Finals. Let's go courtside to Ahmad Rashad. Let's see that. See, that's what I'm thinking of. See, kids, back in my day, when you heard this music and you went courtside and back when Marv Albert was on a different network. and You just had a string every single year of great teams and great players, and it just rolled one into the other, right? The 1980s completely dominated by two teams, and it was great. And a couple other teams tried to kind of wedge their way in there. The Detroit Pistons kind of took over in the late 80s as Michael Jordan, the Bulls, were formulating what they would do in the 90s. But, man, Magic and Bird and the Celtics and the Lakers every stinking year. And the Sixers kind of got in there and the Rockets tried to get in there and a few other teams were like, can we play? But the Celtics and the Lakers were like, no. And it was great. And the playoffs were great. And the playoffs had storylines and names that you knew. And the basketball was great. And it was no blood, no foul, and all those things that, you know, Grandpa loves to tell you about, right? And, of course, there was Jordan and the Bulls. And I hate to make the comparisons. And, boy, did we make those comparisons a lot when it was LeBron James and Cleveland later with the Lakers, then with Miami. And I'm probably out of order there. But this was the first year that LeBron had not been in the playoffs. And for those who are like, good, there's a younger generation of players coming up in the NBA. And some of them are around right now. I mean, Luka Doncic is just amazing to watch. It is the future of this league. He's probably already the best player in this league. If not, he's in the top two or three. He's incredible, right? There are stars here, but not the stars the NBA leans on other than Steph Curry, of course, and Golden State, who's still around. Jason Tatum's great for the Celtics. But other than Steph, I don't think Doncic has worked his way into household name territory beyond the game. Like, Luka Doncic could walk in my mother's house right now, sit down at her kitchen table, and she'd be like, who are you? Right? That's when you know you've really made it, when you are a household name beyond the sphere of sports. NBA fans certainly know who he is. Casual sports fans know who he is. My mother has no idea. If Michael Jordan walked in the house, she'd be like, she'd start singing the song, like Mike, I could be like Mike, right? So, look, I'm not saying the NBA can't be entertaining. I'm not saying the NBA is not great. It's not the best basketball in the world and some of these other things, but I feel so bad for the Stephen A. Smiths of the world. Who, By the way, the NBA is, is messing up people so much. Stephen A. can't even do math. Right now. Coming into this game
0: down 2-1 on the road. But in the end, five starters combined for 18 points. That's an average of six points per starter. If that ain't I don't know
1: what is. It's actually, it's
0: less than that, but
1: anyway. I wasn't that great at math either, Stephen A., so I'm not going to mock you too much there, my friend. You know we love you. ESPN Utica, Rome. Thank you. What's the moment from these, you know what the greatest moment from these playoffs are, Josh and I were talking about before the show, when Patrick Beverly went on first take and just grabbed a blowtorch and went after everybody. J.J. Redick fighting with Chris Mad Dog Russo, who the more... We get away from that. The more Russo is starting to look a lot smarter than JJ Redick. I'll say that, and I think those two are going at it again tomorrow, and we'll see what happens on first take. But listen, these play—it's not an indictment of the league itself. NBA ratings were actually up this year. I mentioned some of the great players; others that I did not. It's still an entertaining product. I've never been a huge NBA fan because I grew up in a college town. I'm much more of a college basketball fan. I don't even have a favorite NBA team, believe it or not. But see, where I feel bad for my colleagues on the national level, I certainly don't feel bad for the paycheck they get every couple of weeks, especially our friends. The pulse of the orange. Thank you, Stephen A. I think we owe him money for that, by the way. I should stop uh, playing those clips. Anyway, imagine trying to sell this. Imagine you work, and I'm going to get electric shocks under the desk from Bristol as we say this, but imagine like working for ESPN. This is your signature product right now, and you got to sell it, and you got to go on there, and you got to pretend like it's not like Stephen A. and the opinion people are up there trying to pull the wool over your eyes. But man, there's just nothing here. And by the way, I've made it seven, eight minutes into this monologue. I haven't even compared it to hockey because I don't have to because the hockey playoffs have been better this year. There's no debate here. This is not an opinion. It's fact. The hockey playoffs have had closer games, have had more drama. There's an unfortunate storyline going on right now with the Colorado Avalanche, but what a bounce back for uh, Kadri, who has a hat trick in the midst of getting vile, racist messages from St. Louis Blues fans based on something that happened in that series. So there's even a little drama mixed in there. The games have been better. Some of the teams that are left are the best in the sport, the best players in the sport, short of Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, who got eliminated last round. But the hockey playoffs have been incredible. And it's not just in compared to the NBA. It's just standing on its own. But If you want to compare it to the NBA, there is none this year. It's 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 just game over at this point. And how does it get better? So let's look at where we're at right now. Dallas plays Golden State tonight. Okay, maybe Dallas wins. Maybe Doncic just gives us another all-timer performance and they win. You're down 3-1. You're telling me that team is going to pull off one of the great comebacks in the history of sports and beat Golden State, who's doing Golden State things again? I don't think so. If it happens, I'd love to see it because it would make up for the complete lack of entertainment and drama and storylines and just Good games. We just haven't had any good games. We've had moments. We've had spurts. We've had a few sequences of competitive basketball. The rest of it has been downright pathetic so far. And it's weird. I'm not not rooting for it, by the way. I may sound like I'm more of a hockey fan than I am an NBA fan, but I'm not rooting for it. This is your time. If you're an NBA fan, this is the playoffs. I enjoy the playoffs, but see where I also feel bad for my national colleagues is they have to watch that. They You got to watch the games, right? Whereas my discussion of the NBA is in pockets. It's limited. It's during hot takes. Maybe we have a guest, but if that game sucks and last night's game, once again, stunk, you know what I can do? I can flip over and start watching that George Carlin documentary on HBO Max that I want to watch after the other games are over that I wanted to watch or Whatever. Imagine having to sit through that drak and then analyze it and have to watch it, and then go on a get up or first take or Keyshawn, Jay Will, Max, Bob, Tony, Fred, and Joe, and everybody else that's on that show now, and actually get three or four hours of discussion out of that. Yuck. No thanks. Can it change? Listen, we talked about the Dallas Golden States. Miami and Boston, and Nick Friedell will join us later to discuss this, because as unentertaining as it's been, I'm still intrigued by how bad it's been, and I need to know why. And I want to get somebody on that can certainly speak more intelligently to this than I can. But no matter who makes the finals out of the East between Boston and Miami, they're so beat up. They're, so, they're going to kill each other and then have to play Golden State. Like, again, I'd love to see the story somehow play out. But you tell me how Boston or Miami beats Golden State in a seven game series. If they were healthy, if they weren't just, you know, absolutely, what's the old expression? You know, kind of eating their own young at this point. Then I'd say, okay, look, I'd love to see Boston at full tilt play Golden State. That's the series I want to see right now. But they're not, they're hurt everybody's hurt this time of the year but they have serious injuries where you're getting the game time wondering who's playing and who's not that's not a recipe to go be Golden State so look weird anomaly could be but it it is one of the worst playoffs I can ever remember and I don't even want to do the thing where I compare the game today to the golden age of the 80s and the 90s and This isn't even as good as when LeBron and company were dominating. This isn't even as good as like two or three years ago when some people were complaining that Golden State played Cleveland every year in the finals for a stretch there. I'll take that over what we have now. I'll take anything over what we have this year right now. And it could be just a myriad of circumstances that have put together a a cocktail right now of bad basketball, injuries, other things, you know. We talked to Nick Friedle about the Brooklyn Nets. They should be here, at least should have made it further, and the whole Kyrie Irving thing and a lot of drama and just... But all the storylines, all the drama, it's, it's manufactured or it has nothing to do with what's going on in the games. It's juicy in some ways. It's good for the Stephen A's of the world to chew on, but the games themselves have been just boring, uncompetitive, or you're not you don't feel like you're watching playoff basketball. Like you got to have a special and I understand the playoffs are more physical, but I just I'm watching these games and I just want to go find like the NBA Classic Channel. And yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And watch when basketball was basketball. What I remember is playoff basketball. Not that those series weren't physical. I mean, think of the Detroit Pistons and the Bad Boys, and you know how the refs would look the other way. I think Kurt Rambis, just elbowing dudes on the Celtics and back and forth. I mean, those games were physical, but they were games. They were basketball. They were back and forth. They were high scoring. They were. Maybe I'm just looking at it romantically because those are the teams from my youth. There were bad playoffs then, but this one. Oh. It's just been pathetic. It really has. And I hope it gets better. I really do. But I just don't see how. Nick Friedle will uh, tell us how later on in the program. And again, I did slip in a little bit of a hockey thing in there. It's not even my usual, hey, the hockey playoffs are better. Why don't you come over and watch that? I'm realistic about the hockey playoffs. If you like hockey you're watching, I know the audience is, is smaller than that that watches the NBA. Those that do watch it, love it. They're passionate about it. They want other people to come on by always inviting people to come on by, but it's just been better. The games have been great competitive. So many overtime games. We're going to talk about Tampa Bay and hot takes a little bit, which again, the angle here is so many of those players were here. They played here. They lived here. They played for the crunch. And that anchor somehow moves on to its sixth conference finals in eight years. I say somehow like I'm surprised. I'm just surprised this team got there because I just, you. <laughs> I still watch this Lightning team, and I'm like, they're exhausted. But, man, they are grinding. They are finding a way. When you have a goaltender playing at the high level that Andre Veselovsky is right now, like, that's the old adage. You can ride a hot goaltender through two or three rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they might just go on and win the darn thing at this point. So this is, I didn't even mean this to be a, Hey, hockey's better. Come on over kind of thing. It just want, I just wanted it to stand on its own about how many of you have done this too, especially look again, here's a back in my day reference. We tuned in the NBA playoffs and that's all we had, right? I didn't have the option of 14 streaming services and so many other things that I could go like, that's just what was on. That's what I had. I mean, I had cable as a kid, so I could go watch something else, I guess. But nowhere near the entertainment options we have today, including that little phone sitting in your lap that, you know, TikTok videos and all sorts of things tempting you. Like, that's what we had. And maybe that's why I feel like I was more engaged with it. But if the games were bad, the games were bad. You didn't have any. It's like, okay, you know, just run out the door and go play hide and go seek or something like that. My mom would tell me to come back when the street lights came back on. I'd come back when the street lights came on, wait for mom to fall asleep, then go back out. Never on school nights, of course not. I would never do such a thing. And then come back later. But I remember more nights being riveted by those teams I mentioned and some that I didn't versus the here and now. And it's just, I feel bad. By the way, you're gonna get a harder time. <laughs> getting that younger generation to engage in this if the games are bad, the other options that they have. And, oh, by the way, these things start, and here's another old man rant, but these things start at like 930 at night. Come on now. So there you have it. Old man yells at Cloud, but I don't really think those of you that are NBA enthusiasts, enthusiasts have a lot of return fire on this one. It's just been bad, and there's no way around it. And on that note, we'll break. We will come back. We will continue the conversation. Speaking of the modernization of sports, I've been intrigued by some things I've come across on the name, image, and likeness front the past couple of days and how we always kind of incorporate that into what Syracuse is doing, how they're doing it, and why. A couple of intriguing things there as college sports just continues this reign of chaos. It is in right now. So we'll discuss that on the other side. We'll see if... It was chaos measured up, down, all around, everything in between on the markets today. Our friend Lee Baldwin is here to uh, give us the report for this Tuesday, May the 24th. Lee, how you doing, bud?
0: I'm doing well, Brent. You had cable when you were growing up. You bragged. Sure that's, sure that's pretty good. That, you know, in the neighborhood, <laughs> man,
1: those were bragging rights. You know, that sure was was. sure in like 82, 83, 84, if you had cable, then it's like, you were like king of the neighborhood, man. You're coming on. We're going to Brent's house, and we're going in the basement, and we're watching cable TV. That was huge back in the day. We
0: had Yankee baseball and uh, Notre Dame football highlights. That was about yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, there wasn't much uh, on the market today. Stocks were mixed, if you want to call it that. The Dow rallied to finish a little bit higher, uh, but tech stocks were down. Uh, NASDAQ was down over 2%. I do have a diamond that's a tech stock, Zoom Video, uh, up 5% as they continue to make money. And uh, the dog uh, everybody's talking about today is Snapchat or Snap down 43%. Ouch. Ooh. Oof. Oof. And, All the kids yeah. are
1: on the TikTok now, right? I guess that's why Snap uh, is uh, not as popular.
0: That, that might be it. They uh, A month ago, they reported earnings, and they didn't say it. So, like, within a month, things went bad. So That's how fast things change in the social media world. So, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. There you
1: have it. So that's why I just stick with cable TV, you know? <laughs> you exactly. have to follow all these wacky trends out there. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. you you got it, Brent. Thanks. And there he goes, Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. Go see him or Bill or Mike or any of the great crew at Lee Baldwin & Company for all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. We'll break. We'll come back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Thanks for hanging with us on this Tuesday. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportstalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Ah, Oh, the big announcement today, although we didn't get all the details we were looking for. So we know that Springsteen is going to tour in the United States of America. Between February and April of 2023, we just don't know where yet. Then he goes to Europe. Then he comes back in August of 2023 for some stadium tours, though we don't know which stadiums yet. I have a suggestion. How about the JMA Wireless Dome? Can we make this happen? Uh, Pete Sala? I mean, if we're getting Paul McCartney, if we're getting Elton John, we can get the boss. Come on now. Bring the boss back. Let's not let Albany and Buffalo and even Rochester get the boss. Can we get the boss? Uncle Brent doesn't ask for much, but I'm asking for that. Okay? I'm asking. I am asking for that. I am formally, as I tell my students, I am making the ask. And what am I asking for? I'm asking for Springsteen. Got to make the ask. JMA Wireless Dome, Springsteen Stadium Tour 2023. Let's go, people. Let's make it happen. So we got some of the details today, though the U.S. dates still a mystery at this point. Uh, Nick Friedle going to join us later this hour. Uh, it's not a mystery about uh, the NBA playoffs. They stink. <laughs> the games have been terrible. But why? And can they get better as we get a step or two closer to the playoffs here? Nick will tell us about that. Syracuse alum and great basketball inside on the way. That means we're going to flip flop. Uh, the blind side will be a segment earlier than normal because Nick's actually going to join us at five 35. So stay tuned for that. But they um, haven't caught this. I thought it was pretty interesting and I wonder how much it matters in a certain way, because one thing as we get into list magazine and preview season in the world of college football, right? We're, Heading towards Memorial Day weekend, all of a sudden you're going to see the Phil Steele's college football preview magazines show up on the shelf, which is great, by the way. That's when I know it's summer, when I just had that thing by my side and just chilling in the sunshine, on vacation. There it is. Just read about college football. It's a beautiful thing. List season. I'm already starting to see some of those great previews. Uh, Nicole Arbok wrote a great story on The Athletic today about NC State quarterback um, Mr. Finley who Syracuse will be facing this year and could be, in the short breath, You're looking for a dark horse Heisman candidate other than Sean Tucker, of course. He could be the guy you go after, that, right? So, like, you're getting these extended type of previews. It's summer. We're still breathing a little bit here. And, yeah, NIL is a big deal and some of these other things in college sports. But even you need a little break from that. Like, you get kind of the extended zoom-out stories. Magazine preview and list season. As a part of that, Bill Connolly, who does an excellent job, just an excellent job for ESPN, and I don't even, um, (laughs) to be honest with you, sometimes I don't even understand everything that he writes because he used all them fancy numbers and analytics. I don't know what he's saying, but he sounds smart. But there was an interesting thing that he put out there. So, and I believe... Bill was on uh, earlier today on Orange Nation, so if you missed that interview, you can check it out at ESPNSyracuse.com. So Bill Connolly put out, let me just read you part of this here, updated college football returning production rankings. Okay, Because a big part of magazine list and preview season, if you're going to pick a dark horse, if you're going to pick that team that could stand out, this year's surprise team, Phil Steele leans on this heavily. A lot of the preview magazines lean on this heavily when you're trying to project what's going to happen in college football four months early, right? Experience. How much experience do you bring back? That is obviously important in college football. So as Bill put out, updated college football returning production rankings. Syracuse ranked pretty high on this list. And what Syracuse brings back, give me a second here just to pull this up. Uh, Syracuse, uh, the good news is, ah, here it is. As our friends at noon's magician wrote, the Syracuse orange were a decent team on the gridiron last year that fell just short of a bowl appearance. The good news is that much of that bunch hey, that rhymes will return for another go in 2022, the ninth most in the nation. So as Bill Connolly does his updated, college football returning production rankings for what it's worth here's the top 10 which Syracuse is included in Bowling Green, BYU, USF, Southern Miss, Stanford, Northern Illinois, Kansas, who's always terrible, NC State, who I think based on this quarterback play and a few other things is going to be very high on the dark horse list of Not only ACC championship teams, but potential playoff teams in college football. Yeah, I said it. Syracuse is ninth. TCU is 10th, right? Very high on this list. To go a little step further with this, 17 of last season's 22 starters come back to Syracuse in the fall. That's kind of a big deal right there. 17 of 22 starters on a team that won five games. If I'm going into a season where the schedule is tougher, the expectations are, look, I I say higher. I think people want to see a winning season. They want to see a bowl game. Like, is that too much to ask from a program that's had one of those since Dino Babers took over as head coach in 2016? Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. If I'm going to pick one thing, You're telling me I got to win one more game, go to a bowl game, kind of satisfy all parties that want to see things continue under Babers. They brought in the coaches that they did, and Robert and I and Jason Beck, Bob Ligashevsky on special teams. Like Everybody has the full expectation this has got to take at least a step forward. What's the number one thing I'm going to want? in order to attain that goal. Well, it's quarterback play, and I'm not sure about that. But number two on that list would be experience. 17 of 22 starters back. Like if I've got new coaches and a whole new thing and I'm trying to mix a new approach, but also I've got a lot of experienced players and a lot of starters back, that cuts back on the learning curve. In theory, right? In theory, that's going to cut back on the learning. You've got a lot of experienced players. Yeah, we're going to switch things up a little bit here, but we're not going to completely come in and just throw this off kilter. You just we're going to make a tweak here. We're going to make a tweak there. We're going to make the best of Sean Tucker. We're going to make the best of again. I think Garrett Trader's got to prove you can throw the football, but at least he's I, I can work with Garrett Trader. If enough, if I'm an offensive genius is a strong word, guru. And Robert and I and Jason Beck have done. Top three offense in the country last year with a, a terrific quarterback that they'll have to face on September 24th when Virginia comes here. Like, I got stuff to work with. So as we go into magazine preview and list season, the people that look at Syracuse will be like, hey, tell you what, Syracuse could actually be better this year. That's what they're going to lean on. And that's what they should lean on. Because what you can't lean on, where I think this is a little deceptive, other than certain spots on the football field, and some names I mentioned and others that I didn't, like, they pointed it out in this article on Noon's Magician, and it just kind of reinforces something. here. Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams could not only be one of the best cornerback duos in the ACC, it could be one of the best in the country. The issue is what you have to replace in front of them. The issue is how much pressure will be put on them. Because you look at some of the quarterbacks they're going to be facing this year at Virginia, at NC State, Malik Cunningham at Louisville. Purdue's got a great quarterback. Like Go through the list. Syracuse is playing. Uh, uh, Drakovic's back at Boston College, right? I'm, I'm leaving one or two off the list, I'm sure. I don't have the schedule right in front of me at the moment. But it's a lot of really good quarterbacks that Syracuse is facing this year. Great to have two lockdown corners like that. The problem is you've got to get a pass rush. And they're replacing a lot up front. they got Mikel Jones back at linebacker seat. In certain spots, this is where that experience kind of ups an eyebrow or two. Sean Tucker is one of the best running backs in the country. Williams and Chestnut is one of the best cornerback duos in the country. Mikel Jones is going to get picked in the NFL draft next year. This team could have four players taken in the draft next year, depending on who comes back and who doesn't and could have a kicker. get. I didn't even include Andre Schmidt on that list. because kickers just don't get drafted that much, but he's going to be high on the list of kickers that could if he goes out there and has a year, like you said, prior. Last year, not so much, but the guys won the Lou Groza. He'll get the benefit of the doubt. But how much of this experience matters is my question. Like 17 to 22 starters, that's a big deal. In pockets on the field, you have excellent talent. But with that schedule, with the quarterbacks that they're facing, does it get offset by that? And is this team just essentially what they were last year, just short of what they should be? This is still a team that's got to stay healthy. This is still a team that's got to pull off what I, I feel like is two wow upsets to go to a bowl game. Like two didn't expect that, didn't see that coming. They beat that team type of wins. NC state could end up being one of those type of wins who they play pretty early in the schedule, right? They need two of those take care of business in the games. They're supposed to, and then just law of averages, playing a college football season, grab a six win somewhere and get over the finish line. So Connolly was on earlier today with the guys in orange nation. And you go back and listen to the interview and I'm sure he explained his system a little bit more and, and his thoughts on Syracuse a little bit more, but that's something to build on. That's something as we the dust starts to settle here and we go into the summer season, list preview and magazine season, as I like to call it. Syracuse, I can't wait to see what Phil Steele says about him. considering that. Connolly, smart football guy, will look at that and say, hey, they got that going for them, right? And they do. How much will it really matter, though, when you have 17 of 22 starters coming back from a team That played in a lot of close games, couldn't get over the hump, won five games last year, and now is a tougher schedule and a better quarterback run, arguably, this year than they did last year. These things all tend to balance out. But it's high on the list of things you want on your side going into a critical season, going into an important season, and just going into a a football season where, man, you got to bounce back. And... Look, of the big five, and we'll break on this note, but of the big five, meaning the five teams that play at the Dome, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse, the team that actually kind of met expectation was the football team. Like, we all kind of expected five and seven, maybe six and six, and that's exactly what they were. But now the expectation is, you know, you kind of got to get to a bowl game. We're going to keep this thing going. And they do have a very important factor on their side to do that. So experience is important, but when it's an experience from what this team has been, does that balance it out? Is there enough talent there? There is in certain little pockets on the roster, but maybe not enough top to bottom. I'm as intrigued as anybody how the new coaches and the new approach and what they have to do in a short period of time pays off. there. I saw that today, and I said, okay. That kind of puts it into perspective. Top 10 in the country in returning experience. That's something. We'll break on that note. We'll come back. So we're flip-flopping a little bit here. The blind side is next. Then we'll talk to Nick Friedel after that. Stay right there. We're back after this.